This is a series that we've been very excited about. By the way, come here if you, if you can. I understand it's Labor Day weekend, but don't mail it in because my wife's preaching next week, okay? And she's phenomenal. Have you heard her? Can I take a few minutes to brag? She, <laughs> she's very good. But um, she keeps me in line, too. And, you know, she is, we're talking about it. We're in our series nine, and all the embodiments of the fruit of the Spirit, I can't tell you what it... Living with hope is like living with the Holy Spirit. Until she gets mad at me. <laughs> but uh, she's, uh, I believe God's given her an anointing. And if you come to this church long enough, I've already told her, the Lord's already told me, you will speak a little more and a little more. So I just believe God's got a call on her. She brings an element. So next week, you want me to tell them what you're preaching on? Humility. And if you think you have it and you tell people you have it, you don't. <laughs> but uh, she's got a definite word from the Lord on that. So, uh, But anyway, we're in our nine series and on the fruits of the Spirit. And really in five weeks, I was, I was asking God, how do I, what do you want us to say in these five weeks? Do you want us to preach on each particular fruit? And really, as we began to dissect it and bisect it, I, I felt like, okay, we can touch on all of the different fruits in the context of these five messages. But for instance, I'm not doing a specific sermon on goodness or kindness. He gave me the certain key areas where the fruits will grow if we can get these other areas working and growing. And so the first message we, we, we preached on was the internal conflict, being filled with the Spirit to help overcome the flesh. That, that was called the internal war. And then the second one that we preached on was love never fails. Love is the first one mentioned in Galatians 5. It is the the one that it is the catalyst that keeps it all together. Love never fails. And how uh, love sometimes means making tough choices. It's not always being a doormat, but it's being the embodiment of God in our hurting world. And then the third message we preached was on faithfulness, a message we called all in. And really what that asked the question was, are you sold out to the kingdom of God? Fair and honest question. If you haven't heard those three messages, I encourage you to do so. Now, today's message is entitled Mission Control. Mission Control. And obviously, that means I'm going to talk about self-control. And what I find interesting about self-control is, is that the very word self-control, if you're a former addict like me, the idea of self-control is almost it's paradoxical because I couldn't control self. I had no self-control. Uh, self-control really in the context of the fruit of the Spirit, really is God control. The way you operate in your life, in areas of your life where you don't have power. How many of you want power? Okay. So while love is the first one, self-control is the last one. Let's just put that scripture up. I want to show it to you as our master text. It's been that way for the series. Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Now, the first message, when I talked about the internal conflict, the difference between the message that I preached then and the one that I'm preaching now is in that one I talked to you about being filled with the Holy Spirit. This message is about operating and keeping you filled. Get the difference? How to how do I stay in self-control? So where love is the one that brings them all together, it's the first one. Self-control is the last one. But you can't have peace. You can't have joy. You can't have love, gentleness, kindness, hello, without self-control. 
Because self-will run riot does what? Runs over people. The addict is not in joy. Sin is great for a season. Are you guys tracking with me on this? So uh, Galatians 5.22 is our master text. Now, there's many aspects to self-control, and I'm going to hit on a number of them. But before I do, I have, how many understand I have a little bit of of a funny bone when it comes to videos? Now, I prayed long and hard about showing this video. In fact, you know, it was crazy this morning. I mean, right before I was about ready to preach this message, honest to goodness, didn't I? I come to you, I'm like, I had this thought, you, you don't preach this message today. Like a thought came to me, it's the wrong message, don't preach it. Many of you who have ever done a message before, have you ever felt that before? I don't know if you've, maybe you've never preached before, but have you ever, this, they don't want to hear that. I mean, it was almost like, I told Hope, I said, what's that all about, you know? And then God assured me that I was. But I mean, how many understand we have a devil that doesn't want the truth out there? So, I mean, he came against me pretty hard over the last 24 hours. But I believe this is a message that God wants you to get. And so uh, this particular video, as I was going to show it, we, I'm just telling you, we added out a lot of bleeps, okay? Now, before some of you who are very, very, you know... <laughs> Just, we're people, okay? We're people, and we edited out, there's one bleep in here. We, we edited all the other ones, okay? Can we, can we, self-control, not. And uh, you're not here, you're there. Would, is there any question you'd like me to ask her? And no, I, I, I'll, I'll give you lessons on how to become a reporter. Later well, I'll on. give you some lessons on how to be an editor, because I was your boss once. Yeah, you were, and are no longer. How did that happen? I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. But, you know, we're sitting here right now, and if you guys want to take a station break, you can. But if you call me Chris Everett to my face one more time. I already did it twice. Better, you better you call one more time. We better st- take a station break. Well, it's a five-minute segment, or five-segment show. we got a long way to go. Well, we do. we got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out of well, here It's for good it. to be here with you, though. Well, it's good you to know, see you, too. You've been talking like this behind my back for a long but time. But now I said it right here. Right. Exactly. Well, we got no problem well, I with think that. It, I think that you, you probably won't say it again. I bet I do. Okay. Chris, where are we at in society today? Come after me! I resent your bringing it up. You don't know what you're talking about. You're a jerk. Mike, why are you in such a bad mood? What do you care? You trying to antagonize me? You were two and seven, you'd be in a bad mood too. I'm sorry. You have anything substantial? Anything? Then why do you bring it up? That's why I don't read the newspaper. Because it's garbage. And the editor that let it come out is garbage. I'm raising the ante. Anybody wants in, get in. Anybody wants out, get out. Okay? This team is going to the playoffs. Uh, Playoffs? Don't talk about it. Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? I just hope we can win a game. Another game. If you want to crown them, then crown them. But they are who we thought they were. And we let them on the hook. We've got to be the dumbest team in America in terms of playing the game. We gave them the friggin' game. I'm highly critical because of the way we give games away. We give them away. In my opinion, that's... Okay, I'm going to take a bath now. 
No, we did do a lot of editing. Thank you to Nikki Kultzfer who did that. But, I mean, part of that, the reason I used those reporters, that was actually the world I lived in. I mean, people make a living off of quotes. How do I know that? I did that for 14 years, you know. And you would go, and, and it was funny. You'd watch reporters. They would bait people. And I, and, and I always tried to ask a fair question. Hey, how do you feel? But... You know, what would happen in those situations is, is that reporters sometimes would push and push and push and get people to explode. And, and, and here, I thought it was a great analogy because you guys are laughing at some of the public figures that make these transgressions or they explode. The point is that how many understand that each, we see ourselves up there? And it's not just in anger or anything else. We see ourselves in other areas. And, and so if I thought, well, do I bring this into the, to the, to the, to the church? But realistically, when it comes to self-control, all of us are bringing something into this church that isn't exactly holy. Self-control, certainly the title of the message. Here's a few questions I'm going to ask you, broader questions. Does your anger control you? Do circumstances control you? Do addictions control you? Do people control you? Does weight control you? Does money control you? Does status control you? Do things control you? Does fear control you? Does the economy control you? Does the laundry control you? Do your spouse's habits control you? Does toilet paper going on the outside, toilet paper on the inside control you? Does toothpaste in the middle control you or toothpaste coming up from the bottom control you? Some of you are laughing because you've had that argument. <laughs> what controls you? <laughs> so for our text today, I, I'm not going to read all the, script, the scriptures on it, but in Judges chapter 14, there's a man named Samson. We learn of a man named Samson. Uh, you can read it in your Bibles later. There's about three chapters that the Bible deals to it. But Samson was an anointed man of God. And what I learned from Samson is this. You can be anointed, you can be a Christian, you can love God, and you can operate in power, and your character can be squat. And your whole life can be out of control. And God can use you, but what you learn from Samson is, is that self-will takes you places you don't want to go. So we, we, let me tell you a little bit about Samson. Samson uh, was dedicated to God. He, uh, he, he took what they call a Nazarite vow. He, he couldn't shave his head. And, and actually, the, the source of his power was his hair. I mean, it was the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit said to his mom, you know, don't shave his hair, don't drink wine, don't do all this stuff. Here's what's interesting about Samson. Uh, he, was, he was destined to be a deliverer for, for Israel. And in, in many ways, God used his strength to help conquer the Philistines in many different ways. But he could have done it God's way, but he chose to do it his way. Let me, let me tell you a little bit about some of his uh, broken rules. Now, he's given the mandate, you're a Nazarite, don't get mixed up with booze. Guess where he hung out? Vineyards. Don't marry Philistine women. He did. He defied both God and his parents on that. And uh, it actually ended up bad. He, he not only loses his wife, he lost it to his best man. That was kind of bad. Uh, don't touch dead animals. Because in, the, in, the, in that Hebrew culture, you don't touch unclean things. So what does he do? He eats honey out of a dead carcass against his vow. Don't sleep with prostitutes. He did that too. Stay away from Delilah. He gave in to her. Uh, now, here's the funny thing about Samson that we can all see ourselves a little bit. Now, follow me with this on this. So he knows Delilah has an agenda. 
he knows that Delilah is this beautiful Philistine girl that he's, he's falling in with the wrong place, the wrong time, at the wrong crowd. And he sees this girl. This girl asks him for the source of his strength, his power, which he talks about his hair. But he doesn't tell her. He gives her this, these phony, bogus answers. So each time he gives her a phony, bogus answer, she sets the trap for her Philistine friends to come and, 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 and annihilate him. And you know what's crazy? Okay, I give Samson a pass after the first time. He does it not one time, not two times. Three times. This girl's out to kill him. <laughs> and he's going back for more. Why? Because he was intoxicated by her allure. This tracking with anybody? Anybody ever been intoxicated with something? Something that you know that you shouldn't go around, but you do? Or someone? Well, Samson kept going back for more, and he kept going back for more. And what happens at the end of the story, as I, as I, as I take you through the end of the story, eventually it cost him his eyes, it cost him his very life. Now, he did get revenge on his enemies at the end. God gave him some power, and the Philistine army were trampled under the, this big pillar structure and they all died. But you know, I thought, wow, he did not finish strong. And really, if you read in the Bible, he really didn't, it doesn't sound like he repented. He just asked for vengeance on his enemies. And I thought, here is this anointed man of God who had, who could have delivered Israel in mighty ways, had all the gifts in the world, but he chose to live a life of self-will run riot. He gave in to the flesh. Now, as I said before, we can parallel Samson as the Christian. I'm not talking about the person who doesn't know Christ. I'm talking to you who does. Samson was anointed. Samson had a plan. Samson had a destiny that God had shaped him. And Samson walked away from that. You can be anointed, but still corrupted. He had no regard for authority, no structure. He was driven by his flesh. He was driven by the quick fix. He hung out with the wrong people, the wrong places, the wrong things. And when it comes to self-control, we can learn a lot from that. But here's, here's the first step. Here's the first step when something controls you. And there's many things that only God knows controls each of us. That, that one thing, the first step is can the excuses. Can them. Stop making excuses. Well, Delilah's pretty. I like Delilah. She's delightful. I like my Krispy Kremes. I deserve my Krispy Kremes. I've worked hard for them. So I'll have 50 of them. <laughs> the excuse, I'm not disciplined, does not cut it with God. One thing I learned uh, as a former, uh, many of you know my story, I've been sober for 15 years, but one of the things I heard when I was first coming back to the Lord the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different outcome. Many times praying. And of course, I was an atheist agnostic, but I'd get on my knees before the porcelain God. I'll never drink again, Lord. Next week, next day, next night. Back at it again. Was that too graphic? Okay. I could, I could make it. I don't, I don't want people running for the doors. 
1 Corinthians 10 says this, verse 13, the temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When, say when, when when you're tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So the first step in any thing that controls you, where you don't have self-control, the first step is to admit that you are powerless over it little AA step here, that you're powerless over it and that your life has become unmanageable in that area. Can I get an amen? First step is admitting that you don't have, your willpower has absolutely no bearing on life change in this area. Some of you have explosive tempers. You have begged God for years to deliver you. And really... The first step is being honest about it, saying, you know what? I have a voracious temper and I need to do something about it, okay? First step in self-control, about growing in the spirit, growing in the things of the spirit. Now think about this. Does your family and friends say you have a problem? Now I'm thinking in any areas, could be, could be sexual purity, drinking, drug addiction, food addiction, gossip. Can I pick on the ladies a little bit? Maybe I shouldn't. (laughs) Hey, men do it too. I'm just saying, did you hear, you know, gossip, anger management, uh, could be shopping. Some of you have found a credit, never, you know, there's credit cards that you found that you, there's not a credit card out there that you didn't like, you know, uh, hello, Versace's calling. (laughs) Do you continue in, even though you're hurting people, do you arrange your schedule around things? That Can you go one week without it? Is it leading you to isolation? Are you trying to keep it a secret? Is your addiction or this area of bondage your identity? And it doesn't have to just be alcohol. It can be anything, anything. Do you get wrapped up? Is it your identity? I mean, you know, the people, and this is, I'm going to get to this in a second, but you know the people that you roll with, the people, places, and things, you'll become the people, places, and things that you roll with? That's why I'm like a little fly in your ear saying, go to church, go to church, go to church. Well, Kibby, there's all hypocrites there. Yes. That's why God's here to deliver us from being hypocrites. Hello? Let's struggle together. I love the Apostle Paul. He said, man, I'm the chief of all sinners. And he wrote most of the New Testament. Do you ease the pain by getting your next fix? Here's an example. Uh, now, Hope's going to laugh at this one. Back in 2001, when I was coming back to the things of God, um, I at that time, I really didn't work out much. And, and uh, anyway, I, some of you are going to laugh at this because you've done this. But there was a little commercial that came on for 1995. You can get this little, this little ab zapper thing. And what it does is you'd put it around your waist and go, and you put gel on there, and it, and, and it showed me that if I put this little ab zipper thing around my, my waist, that I would become this ripped Adonis-like figure uh, for 1990. Now, here I am. I'm a journalist. I know better, right? I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm not stupid. But then, you know, you get caught up in the emotion and, you know, give, Bessie, give. Okay, there it is. And I, and, I, and I pulled the trigger. I did. So Hope is just starting to date me, and she comes, she walks into my, I got this, you know. 
<laughs> I mean, it was bad. Well, I mean, that, she, she looked, what are you doing, you know? But there's no quick fix. I mean, it didn't do squat for me. All it did was make my gut hurt, okay? There's no quick fix. Say there's no quick fix. It takes hard work and determination. And here's the thing. Let's say, let's say I'll use Krispy Kremes because that, that happens to be something. Praise God, there's no, I don't think, there's no Krispy Kremes in the area, is there? Gas station. Don't tell me. I don't want to know. Don't give me directions. I don't want to know. <laughs> but imagine you, <laughs> you imagine, okay. I mean, if I close my eyes, all right, I close my eyes. I'm, I'm meditating on Krispy Kremes, and then, and then somebody says, you cannot have Krispy Kremes. And then, and then they put a gun to your head, a little Colt 45, and says, you eat that Krispy Kreme, you will die. Do you think my motivation and passion to change might happen? But here's the thing. If self-control were the answer, how many understand true addiction? I would eat the donut anyway. Well, Kibby, can't you just not, is this resonating with you on this? Because to understand the mind of strongholds and addiction, we need to understand how deep that rabbit hole goes. And for some of you in those areas, there's areas of bondage can be anything that you don't want to eat that Krispy Kreme, but that gun is pointed right at you and everything in your body is saying don't do it and you still do. That's what I'm talking about. But it can be in any area, money, anything that controls you. Anything that controls you. Self-control is like a muscle. You know, it's kind of like, for many years, I, I would get angry if I couldn't control my circumstances. And if things were happening and I didn't know what to do, I'd have this little demon sitting on the side of my thing going, what are you going to do? 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 And then I would explode. It was like a, and you know what I realized? Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, little demon. I don't know what I'm going to do, but God is going to help me. And then I give it to Jesus. First step, admitting that you're powerless over your situation. Number two, understand the situation that you're in and change your people, places, and things. Now, your environment will shape you. I mean, it's kind of like this. I don't gamble anymore. I used to, but I'm an idiot if I go over to Oneida Casino and start evangelizing. I can get them when they come out of the casino. Hello? Right? Now, if, if I'm going to go in the casino, I'm going to take my wife. And if, if there's somebody there that I have to go get and then I get an audible voice that says, go in there, I'll go get it. But you know what? At the end of the day, I don't feel comfortable in them because I lost a lot of money. I donated and created a lot of light fixtures for Oneida Casino <laughs> back before I got saved. Okay? I'm going to hit some other ones. You know, purity for men is not an easy issue. I'm gonna, I may make some people squirm a little bit here, but let me just tell you, that is an issue for men, especially in the summertime. You're looking at me like, what is he going to say next? Here's, here's the reality is, uh, you know, there's surveys done that said that 60% of Christian men, 50 to 60%, admit they struggle with pornography. That's the ones that admit it. quiet in here. I'm just hitting everything on this today. But I, I, I'm telling you that these strongholds, areas of self-control to the person who is addicted to pornography, and I used to be before I met Hope, 
I can tell you that it's a struggle to maintain. But you know what I don't do? I don't read certain magazines. And when the Super Bowl commercials come on and I bounce my eyes and I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, go Pack Go. Uh, hello. If I'm in the YMCA, now I'm speaking straight to some of you guys here. Can we be real? It's a choice, but I've been given power by God. And I'll tell you, now, I, I said this before, I'll say it again. If you struggle in this area, and I'm going to get to accountability too, but there are, there are theologians out there who tell you, don't tell anybody, especially your wife, that you struggle in the area of sexual purity. Don't tell them. I think that's bogus. Struggle together. It has changed. The fact that I'm even telling you this, and, and if you come to this church long enough, why I tell you this, do you know that that empowers me even more to stay pure? Do you not get that? This is what the Apostle Paul, struggle together, find a friend, expose the lie, because behind every faulty behavior you have is a lie that you believe. Every one of them, every one of them. Now know that, that, that if you hang out in bars long enough and you're a drunk, that's not a place you need to be. Release your junk and be accountable. It says this in James 5. It says, confess to one another. Therefore, your faults, your slips, your false steps, your offenses, your sins, and pray also for one another that you may be what? Healed. Pray that you may be healed and restored to a spiritual tone of mind and heart. The earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. I want to go through that again slowly. Confess to one another. Now understand, you confess your sins to God because you are forgiven. But it, there's a reason it says confess to one another. Because remember that image of me, you know, God, I'll never do this again, but I won't tell anybody. That didn't work. But what happens is, is that I would go and expose some of my junk to someone else. They would talk to me about it. We would find out, oh my gosh, I deal with that same thing. And over time, you develop accountability. See, what Samson didn't have, he didn't have an account. He did not have accountability in his life. That's why you can't just show up three out of every eight Sundays to church, slither in and never talk to anybody and expect serious life change. This is the American you know, church. I love the fact that Pastor uh, Julie today, they, the, uh, you know, our worship team, they came up here and we dialed it back a little bit. We got in the presence of God. It's not always about the drums and the slickness. Sometimes it's just being in the presence of God, slowing down and enjoying what God is doing. But you know what? Our culture wants to go, 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 go. It's like rabbits on a treadmill to keep us in our areas of bondage. And in these life groups, you know, we have small groups. The reason I push small groups so much, the reason I'm, because I can tell you the power of small groups when you confess one to another. I used to dip snuff. I don't anymore. In fact, I don't know what the cost of Copenhagen now is probably like eight bucks a can. I mean, I don't know what, it, back then it was like four something. I mean, you know, but think of that. I'm spending $4 on that. I'm buying a six-pack. At that point, it was you know, Milwaukee's beast. It was the, the, the really bad stuff. Uh, <laughs> you know. And I'm telling you, the reason there's hope today, 
I'm telling you, it's not, there's nothing I did except one thing. I admitted I was powerless over every area of our life. And come on, Christians, this is, this is every area. My life was unmanageable and I needed a savior. So many, too many people don't see their need for a Messiah. Because you know what? Here's the reality. You can look at the Joneses and externally they look great. They've got their 2.2 kids. They've got their house, the, the dog that I don't sneeze at. They've got all of these things going perfectly. But internally they're hemorrhaging. They don't even know it. Because like Samson, you know, they're just kind of slowly drifting away. One day, one day the chickens come home to roost. And I don't think we have to be low-bottom drunks. I don't think we have to be low-bottom anything. We can change anytime. You can repent. You can say, God, I need you. God, I know this is a stronghold. God, I don't know what to do. I've prayed a thousand times for you to remove this. I get angry. I explode. I know I'm addicted to this. I don't want anybody to know. I'm afraid if I do, it's going to cost me something. And I will tell you this, that's just fear. And I will tell you that if you hold on to that fear, it will destroy you. But if you admit it and expose it, you will be healed. Close your eyes, please. I want the Spirit of God in this quiet moment. I just want Him to touch you. Jesus, you are so welcome in this place. I thank you that you healed me years ago. And you gave me wisdom to change my people, places, and things along the way when I realized that certain people, no matter what I did, they were just bad news for me. Not that you don't love them too, but I realized I had to get out of that situation and get healed. Father, I just pray right now that you help the hearts in this house heal and that you expose the lie that the enemy is throwing against them. And I'm going to ask for 100% transparency and honesty today. I just forbid any mocking spirit that would try to talk them out of that, that, Lord, you would extract the root of that lie and you would marinate them with your precious love. Help them to get real, get honest, get in your presence and change. With heads bowed, eyes closed, how many of you say, Ryan, I have an explosive anger problem. Please raise your hand. All across this room, my goodness. Okay, put it down. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the core on this, and I don't want anybody looking. Please. Heads bowed, eyes closed, please. And if you're looking, you're in defiance, and that's wrong. Please, heads bowed, eyes closed. How many of you deal with sexual purity issues? A number of you. Thank you. Thank you for your honesty. That's the first step. How many of you have had food addiction? Raise your hands. Thank you. Every single one of these I call out, they're going to be broken today, folks, and we're going to get accountable. Thank you. You may put your hands down. How many of you would say you really, money controls you? The thought of money, the, the, 
money's not evil. The, the love of money is the root of all evil. But how many would be honest enough to say that my finances control me, literally control me, the economy, everything? Thank you. My goodness. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I believe there's an anointing to break that today. Holy Spirit, we are quiet before you. I believe life change happens here and now. Thank you for bringing the people here today to hear this message. Thank you for the privilege of preaching it. And thank you for the story after story that I'm going to hear of your amazing grace changing lives in here. It is an honor to be part of what you're doing. And Father, I ask for an anointing right now. I break every food addiction. I, I curse that addiction and I loose the peace of God, the freedom of God over anyone in this room that that is not their God. It is broken in Jesus' name. I break drug and alcohol addiction in Jesus' name. The blood of Jesus covers and protects our people. Father, I loose financial prosperity over our people that they will commit to doing it your way, sowing into your kingdom and reaping a harvest. Father, I break the curse of financial lack over people here today. I loose the abundance of heaven. I loose, for those of you that were honest enough to say, yes, I have a problem, God is healing you right now. And you will operate in that. Father, I pray for accountability. I thank you, Lord, that you are delivering men and women of God from sexual impurity. I thank you for their honesty, Lord. And I believe, God, that out of this is going to be birthed accountability like we've never seen. People are free. They're going to be free. I believe they'll be able to turn their back on images and things that want to destroy and rob marriages. Lord, I grieve for that. But I thank you that you can change that. I thank you for self-control, which is a God-given right, is a fruit of the Spirit. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.